0: to someone else's movie. The original podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is The Other Thing I Do. Before we get to this week's episode, an update on that live show at Toronto Comic-Con. Obviously, it's not happening. The entire event was supposed to take place this weekend, and it's been canceled over coronavirus concerns. And while that's absolutely the right call, I'm sorry we won't be able to proceed with the episode, because that would have been fun. We'll reschedule as soon as possible. Meanwhile, I hope everyone's staying home and staying healthy, and I'm going to do my part to distract you right now. To that end, my guest this week is Mae Martin, a stand-up comic, podcaster, and writer for Baroness Von Sketch Show, among other things, who's created and stars in her very first television series, Feel Good, which premieres on Channel 4 in the UK this Wednesday, March 18th, and drops in the rest of the world on Netflix the very next day, Thursday, March 19th. It is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. You're going to like it. We all know we're staying in for the next few weeks. Give yourself three hours to enjoy something really wonderful. May picked The Rocky Horror Picture Show, the 1975 Midnight Smash, based on Richard O'Brien's The Rocky Horror Show, an arch-loving subversion of 50 sci-fi clichés through a queer-pop lens. And befitting those clichés, the story is very simple. On their wedding night, a nice young couple, Brad and Janet, wind up at the creepy mansion of a perfectly charming mad scientist, Frank N. Furter, whose designs for them are as seductive as they are preposterous. Also, he's building a living sex toy in his laboratory. As you do. Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon are the ingenues. Tim Curry, in the performance of his career, is the mad doctor. And everybody sings songs and has a really great time. Also, Meatloaf is in it. Oh, it also turns out that when you put two Canadian comedy nerds in a London conference room to record a podcast, they go all over the place. So May and I also somehow ended up talking about Cats, Ontario Place, and the kids in the hall. Enjoy the ride. This is someone else's movie.
1: Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's maybe the first movie I remember seeing, and weirdly my dad, um, I mean, I say weirdly just because it's not appropriate for a five-year-old, but when I was five, my dad sat me down, and it was this big event, um, because it's his favorite film, and he showed it to me, and uh, it must have changed my life. Like I, I just think it's so original and funny, and would have been so scandalous at the time. Like, yeah,
0: 1975, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's about a transvestite mad scientist who creates a sex slave, and it's so brilliant and funny. And so I have a personal connection to it, which is um, my grandmother, who's from England, uh, she was an agent, and she was Richard O'Brien's agent uh-huh. um, So when he was doing the stage show. And so my dad, who was 16 and this kind of hormonal teenager in London, um, used to go and watched the stage show and it was it had blown up and become like this cult stage show so you had like I mean imagine in the 70s like David Bowie in the audience and Mick Jagger and yeah. my dad <laughs> and uh, and then my grandfather uh, played the narrator in the stage show okay. and so it's yeah my family loves it and it's funny because they're quite you wouldn't imagine that you know they're British
0: <laughs> I was going to say it's the kind of show that could only come out of England because yeah. it is so like gleefully transgressive?
1: Yeah, gleefully transgressive is a great way to describe yeah. it.
0: Yeah, non-judgmental. I, I noticed that the last time I saw it. It's like, it doesn't ever... I mean, even Frankenfurter isn't punished for what he wants. He's no. punished because he's manipulating other
1: people. Yeah. But the desires are all okay. Like, everybody's okay with everything. A little yeah. confused, but... Also, like, ahead of its time in terms of fluidity. Like, no, mm. no one ever says, oh, he's gay or whatever, and he sleeps with Brad, and then he sleeps with Janet, and he's just this omnivorous kind of personification of pure desire, like he just yeah. is like a child and that he he's hungry and horny and not like a child, <laughs> that was <laughs> the, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's greedy.
1: He's greedy but, and he's...
0: But not malevolently, right? No, he's not malicious or...
1: Not really, It's he's so joyful on screen. Yeah. I think that performance is mind-blowing, because you imagine that character on the page... He's pretty sinister. Yeah. But he the way Tim Curry plays it is so sexy and I think probably for me as a kid knowing growing up knowing that my dad and and my mom were not only okay with all that but like revered this sure, character yeah. as like the ultimate kind of yeah I think that made me feel like free to kind of be who I was. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And was there I'm just I'm fascinated with the whole 5 years old thing. Yeah. Um uh, Kelly McCormick talks about discovering Phantom of the Paradise she actually she picked that for this oh, show oh wow and in her episode a couple of years ago she said that it was it was like um it was the early 90s and she was watching it on cable somewhere it was on maybe it was on space but it was it was or no, I mean, VH's tape, but it was mm. it was like the thing she wasn't supposed to see. It was a secret, yeah. and she was a kid, and she discovered it that way.
1: Oh, so that's why it was so. D- yeah, yeah no, but this is this was, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I was too young to probably if they'd shown it to me when I was thirteen, I would have rebelled by saying I didn't like it right. b- because I was five, and and the songs are so good and catchy. I think and lots of bright colors and wild things going on. And I remember there was a sort of. Discussion around whether to fast forward the sex scenes, but they didn't. And uh, yeah, it, it must have really, like, I remember my first sex dream was about Frankenfurter. Sorry if that's too much no, information. It's fascinating. So yeah, he, he really profoundly, like, I, I became obsessed with Tim Curry. I had pictures of him and Bette Midler. So both kind of, him and Bette Midler both kind of like had this kind of exaggerated femininity yeah. and like drag queen esque. Style Like, a young Bette Midler was kind of a drag queen, too. Yeah, she, she had that swagger. Swagger, totally mm. swagger. And I've always been attracted to, like, very confident, kind of intimidating women. And quite shy men, quite like Brad. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, so I, I just loved it. And then in high school, the, there, was, there were always kids who loved it. It's just, I can't believe how it's endured, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the one, I don't know if you're, no, probably not here, but... Um, in uh, in the States, like now that Disney owns Fox and yeah. Canada too, there's been this slow pullback. Disney is pulling all the Fox films from circulation, so Alien, Die Hard, Home Alone, all these standards and reps. Really? The one film they won't pull is Rocky Horror. Really? And i nobody knows any nobody has any idea why. Oh, I that's don't interesting. understand it. I mean it's successful, but so are all the other ones.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, and and I always wonder about I I think a lot of the cast didn't talk about it for a while or rebelled against it because they didn't want to be defined by those performances. Mm. But now I think that it's been however many years. What, 40 years or something?
0: 45. Yeah. 75,
1: yeah. Yeah. So now wow. um, I think they're all happy to say that they're proud of it, you know, which is nice. Yeah. Susan Sarandon, I mean...
0: Yeah, when you um, look back, I mean... Okay, Meatloaf's weird, but yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. he's always been weird. But some of the other choices... Yeah, Barry Bostwick, who... Yeah. Also, kind of spent the '80s being this weird, almost matinee idol. Yeah. He is.
1: Kind well, I didn't know that. What do you mean? Oh,
0: so, like they kept trying to put him in with like Megaforce.
1: Oh, really? Take a look at Megaforce
0: sometime. Okay, well, you will not find a more homoeroticized description <laughs> of a depiction of straight men.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: I. You know what? I'm just going to show you a picture. <laughs> yeah, uh, show me. The poster. I, I grew up in this era, and we can cut around this because it's going to sound weird on the podcast. But. Um, <laughs> uh, But there was a movie called Megaforce and it was about it was maybe 1983 and it was supposed to be the next big action uh it wasn't a franchise no one thought about franchises back then but it was a big summer action oh sorry 1982 uh that's the poster
1: oh my god that's hilarious
0: and yeah
1: is that Barry Bostwick? That's Barry Bostwick. That's ridiculous.
0: Artist representation. But uh, it's Barry Bostwick, <laughs> and if I remember correctly, that's Persis Kambada, whose biggest role in Western cinema was bald lady in Star Trek The Motion Picture.
1: Oh my god.
0: And that is... Oh yeah, is, I know who that is. Uh, yeah. And if you look at that, that is hella gay. Yeah. But That's it was, so
1: funny—the yeah. leather and or the spandex. shiny vinyl, yeah, yeah. yeah, all
0: of it. And it's and it ended with famously the trailer, which which played constantly in theaters. The trailer ended with him staring directly into the camera and saying, "The good guys always win, even in the
1: '80s." What? <laughs> I know. A Take mind blow. Yeah. It's okay. I need to. Um, I need to see it. And, you really? I, I mean, that era, like. Cause then, do you remember Legend? And Tim, Tim Curry played the devil in yeah. Legend. And there's just some absolutely bizarre and camp films going on.
0: Yeah, and it all kind of happened overtly.
1: Yeah, right? like it's
0: not under the radar. These movies are going for it.
1: Totally. And and um, I I sometimes feel like we've gone we've gone backwards a bit. Like, cause a lot of the kind of quintessential male icons of the '70s were were kind of androgynous and they were wearing eyeliner and we seem to have slipped back into quite an old-fashioned, like, extreme masculinity and extreme femininity, yeah. but I feel like it used to be more chill. Yeah,
0: well, and what you were saying about Curry as Frank I think, pays away for a lot of, of yeah. the fluidity just because he brings the same thing. He purrs, right? Like he, yeah, he's so he's powerful. He's such an inviting, powerful presence. Like, yeah. he, he's not threatening
1: anyone. No.
0: But he insinuates himself into every situation. He does it in Legend as well. Yeah. He's this monster, cloven demon horn thing, but he's...
1: Yeah, am happy to hang out with
0: people and yeah. torture them,
1: and also, in a lot of times, kind of effeminate men or effeminate gay performances or whatever don't have aren't allowed to have that power and that sexual virility because mm. people are so afraid of like. You know, but uh, he's able to be just the king of the castle. Yeah. yeah. Who
0: was, oh, it was, it was James Adomian, of course, has this thing about the coded gay villain, the Sheriff of Nottingham, Alan Rickman's performance in Robin Hood.
1: Oh, that's so funny. It's or, a whole bit. He's, or like Jafar in yeah. Aladdin. or Yeah, that's so true. I mean, even in The Lion King, Scar.
0: Yeah, well, Jeremy yeah, Irons. Yeah, yeah, He purrs, he does it.
1: He does, yeah. That's so interesting.
0: But they're, that sort of villainy, and, and Curry does it in, in dar- as Darkness as well. It's about, you know, I'm, I know that I'm going to harm you and I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah. Frankenfurter, I don't think he wants to hurt anybody. He just wants to get yeah, laid a lot.
1: Yeah, and, and he only... And he home. He's only disappointed when people spoil his fun and, and don't want to get involved. And then he... Yeah. Yeah, I remember my dad telling me that he used to go and watch the stage show with Tim Curry in it. And... Um, there was a certain seat that if you sat in that seat in the audience, Tim Curry always, when he sang, I'm going home, he would sing to whoever was sat in that seat and he'd oh, put no. his feather boa around them and flirt with whoever, man or woman, this was in the seat. So my dad would always try and sit in that seat <laughs> to get the, that attention. And it just sounds like a very anarchic time as well. Like I think he said that people were doing acid and like it was just a wild time. So I, I just wish I'd been there. It's kind of the golden era. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's. I mean, I I grew up after I was. I really sort of came of age in the eighties. The 80s, 80s, yeah, a different time even then.
1: Yeah,
0: because uh, it was all, all the entertainment was being produced through cocaine. It
1: was all coke, yeah, which yeah. is just miserable. And um, yeah, but also it's difficult to adapt a stage show for a film. And mm-hmm. um, it's Jim Jarman, I think, directed it, and he he did.
0: Oh, Sherman, uh,
1: Jim Char- Oh, Jim Charman, Char- Char- yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking Jim jarman Char- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Char- Sherman. <laughs> I think he did an amazing job. Yeah. Have you ever seen it live with all the people shouting? I get annoyed because I'm like...
0: Oh, like screening the film? No, yeah. I mean, I,
1: You're ruining the movie, yeah.
0: Yeah, let the movie tell me what it wants to do.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I, that was the next question. If you missed it the first... I mean, you were too young to see it theatrically the first time, and yeah. so was I. What was your... How did you catch up to it as you got older? Did you I watch it on your phone?
1: I always watched it pretty regularly, and then um, in my teens, I went to see one of those ones where they screen and everyone shouts stuff and throws stuff, and yeah, I remember being outraged that I couldn't hear the movie, and it was amazing to see how much people loved it, but um, I'm a purist. (laughs) I wanted to actually enjoy the movie, so I was like this stick in the mud in the corner and being like, no, keep it down.
0: Yeah, well, it's...
1: You know, it's not. It's not respectful. I mean, it
0: is, I guess, because it's yeah. an expression of love. But yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. It's just like, let me see the movie. Yeah. I want to see the thing that you brought to it afterwards.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Maybe with cats, I'll allow it.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently,
0: that's the only way to enjoy that thing.
1: Oh, have they started doing that? Oh God,
0: yeah. Um, no way. Faster than the speed of light. That within, is so funny. Within. Four weeks? Three weeks in, they'd announced it. Uh, Anthony Oliveira, who, who's based in Toronto, yeah. uh, took over the review for two nights. Um, the last... No. It was literally four weeks after Christmas Day opening Yeah, uh, that he booked it there for two nights and had his own... He threw Jellicle Balls and oh he had drag performers God. come in and everyone could sing That's the song. It's
1: a songs. great idea.
0: It's the only... I've seen the film. It's yeah. the only way to enjoy it. And even then, I don't know that you could. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. But I watched With- it... Clobber a room like just yeah. drain the life out of the people in the theater.
1: Oh, I really enjoy that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw it at the Blur Cinema in Toronto a lot. Um, oh, Rocky um, Horror. Yeah. Well, you can barely hear anything anyway.
0: I mean, they fixed it since, yeah. but yeah, I remember the sound quality there was exactly. You had to sit in the back mezzanine. It was the only way to hear.
1: Yeah, and and then um, when I was eleven, my mum took me to the stage show in London, and oh wow, she got so many dirty looks from people in the audience. She said because I, I was so young, but. It's. I don't. It's not that obscene at all. No. It's so. Is joyful. there even you
0: know, the stage version? There's no nudity or anything, right? I mean, I guess yeah. when Rocky gets out of the tub,
1: it's all kind of be done in silhouettes yeah, and things, scrims and things. Totally, and it's just uh, my parents had such a healthy attitude to sex, right? They were like, if you make sex this scary thing, then you know, or, or kind of forbidden thing, then that just makes it all feel sordid, and mm-hmm. it's such a huge part of life. Um, but anyway. It, playing Frankenfurter in that was Anthony Stewart who plays Giles no. in Buffy yeah and he was so sexy he was like very uh, amazing oh and, he'd be great yeah, yeah I can see it because he can really sing and I, I waited at the stage door to meet him and um, he gave me a hug and then in my memory he got on a motorcycle <laughs> I think I've just added that I I'll mean, take it yeah to, to then he way. zooms into the distance but I think that, that I've made that up <laughs> So but I'd love to tell him that, that I saw him. That's
0: incredible. I would have loved to see. Do you remember who else? Was there anyone else in it? I can't like, remember. Frank would be the star pull.
1: Yeah, I think he was the the pull. Oh, man. Yeah, so that was good. And then actually, you know, they made a sequel. Shock Treatment. Shock Treatment. My dad's in that. He plays. No yeah. He plays. He has one line and uh, he has a shaved head, which is and he's in these um, overalls and he's, he sings a line in a big group song but he has a solo line which is a, a jock never hawks another jock's tool or something like that Some, an innuendo yes no I know this
0: I knew oh, really? I, I, saw, I saw it twice at the Eaton Centre theatrically you I was just old enough yeah
1: so I've only seen it the once and it's oh. so different and god oh my god that's thank god
0: I'm a man that's the song really which actually has the lyric faggots are maggots oh my thank god thank god I'm a man because it's about straight performance yeah
1: and like that yeah
0: yeah talk,
1: yeah, yeah. toxic like masculinity I right? could
0: probably do this whole song from memory it's in there because it was one of the only takes I
1: had in my walk no way yeah and so not all the original cast were in that right but like Charles Gray the narrator's in it yeah I don't
0: think and Richard O'Brien and, yeah, and Ma- Patricia Quentin, Quinn are yeah. in it, but I don't think anybody else like Brad and Janet are played by different actors yeah yeah Um who are and it's, oh, it's Jessica Harper from, from Suspiria played Janet
1: okay yeah right, and cool. Jessica
0: Harper and Fandom of the Paradise who has this little string of pure cult work yeah Um, and I forget who Brad was Um, and it's oh wait Uh, Cliff de Young it's
1: all in there it's all in there god uh, I love that you have this esoteric knowledge
0: I saw it I actually saw it theatrically twice, and it made no
1: sense to the audience. No, People it's... People rebelled. Yeah, I can... I've I, I read that it was... It really flops. Yeah. So, which there's is a, such a shame. There's a Blu-ray of it here. Arrow released really? it a couple of years ago, yeah. Okay, and so do you think I should revisit it? Is it worth it? It's... It, you know what? I'm,
0: I'm going to get crucified for this, but I think some of the songs are better.
1: Really? Yeah, because okay.
0: O'Brien and Quinn, or specifically O'Brien, I guess, was really... Like, he got the... Rocky Horror has a stage vibe to it and Shock Treatment is much more um, melodic orchestral arrangement rock.
1: Yeah, like Tommy the musical or something. Yeah, like, so yeah. it just
0: goes for it and it's it's as big as the screen can allow as yeah. opposed to intimate songs for the, for the stage audience. Oh,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to rewatch it. Oh, no, the songs are bangers. Maybe, yeah.
0: maybe not the one about the Act like a man thing, but yeah, it's uh, no. <laughs> in, uh, yeah, a man should wax. How's this? A man should wax a car, fix a fuse, and tend a bar. It's yeah, <laughs> and it's this big, it's this big kind of pumping, uh, a man should never wait to fix a
1: rusty gate. Isn't that funny that, like, I know the all whole these... song, it's, yeah. all, it's all coming out of me. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: but these conversations that we're having now, so much about masculinity, and like, that, yeah, that it's oh, yeah. they were so on it,
0: and it's not. The the show the movie isn't even really about that. Yeah, it comes up because in the sequel, Janet is tempted away from Brad by his the guy who turns out to be his evil twin brother. Yeah, Farley Flavors. I know <laughs> all of this. I haven't thought about. I you mean, know, I bought the disc, but I haven't watched it. Um, Farley Flavors. Farley Flavors, who's the who's the magnate of Denton, um, and he has his own television channel, and that's where most of this sh- most of the film takes place. Uh, Brad and Janet sort of end up there because um, Denton is teased in Rocky Horror. It's where yeah. they're going. Yeah. Right? It's the home of happiness. It's they a suburban... left
1: Denton one evening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, and so Janet is torn between Brad, who is a, a nice upstanding milk toast of a guy. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, none of the things they endured in Rocky Horror or came through... Affected the uh, them at all. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, they're still the same. Yeah. Um, and Farley is the more uh, aggressive, attractive... He man, man, and mm. so that's where that song comes from. Uh. And then she has a song called "Bitchin' in the Kitchen," where she looks at all of her perfect suburban appliances, and she's torn between um, Brad and Farley, and, yeah. and Good God,
1: it's. I think it's
0: <laughs> actually. I more vividly remember this than. Well, I suppose, well I'm so.
1: hearing the enthusiasm is yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Okay, I mean it's, I'm gonna it's watch it again. Probably horribly flawed now. Yeah, but I want to revisit a. Um, a lot of those like Tommy the Musical as well I was mm-hmm. watching clips of Pinball Wizard and the Acid Queen and stuff and yeah. all, all that all that stuff We Whoa. stuff where the plot is really secondary to the vibe yeah
0: <laughs> the, I mean that's Ken Russell right yeah. like, that's what you hire him for yeah. you don't get uh, linear storytelling Absolutely. Well, you do, but it's not about that
1: was he he, he did Jesus Christ Superstar too.
0: Uh, no, that was Norman Jewison. Oh
1: yeah, of course, right? Fuck. Uh, Canadian. Canadian. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the moment. Ken Russell, Ken Russell did Tommy and Tommy
0: and uh, Listomania. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to
0: uh, rewatch the, um, woman, um, the Wall think, as well. The Wall. Alan Parker. I mean, that's there's this grand tradition of big cinematic adaptations, right? Yeah. And then you have these. You have Rocky Horror, which is directed by a guy who didn't really do a lot of movies. I think yeah think he directed Shock Treatment as well Um, but there's still there's an intimacy to the scale of Rocky Horror because it is such a small story it's a house right I mean it's a single location yeah
1: and you know that you can go it's in Wimbledon no yeah the the, where they filmed it and obviously it doesn't have the kind of mad laboratory dome behind it but it's uh, yeah and so you can go and I think book the Rocky Horror show experience where you dine in the dining hall where they they eat eddie and right. um yeah so i think i might make a pilgrimage there i think so you I haven't, haven't been, been yet i haven't been yet and it's just you know an hour drive so i should go mm-hmm. yeah it's kind gotta... of
0: i mean there there are tours that you know the the whole immersive experience thing that would make yeah. me cringe but i think that yeah. would be something especially since it's not like it's not standing sets it's an actual home it's a
1: hotel shop, yeah. Right? yeah so you stay in it and um yeah my, I was just remembering that my dad used to drive me to school every morning. And so we used to see how f- we knew every word and every line of every song in the movie. And we would see how far we could get between my house and the school doing the entire film, oh, the nice. dialogue. Yeah. But then I remember getting in big trouble at school in grade one because I was singing Sweet Transvestite to, and teaching the lyrics to all my friends. And they were all pretty horrified, all the teachers. But uh, it was like a harsh reality that... The world outside the bubble of my very liberal family wasn't quite as liberal. Yeah, right. like
0: and what was the sweet childhood? It's not. I guess the word "sexual" comes up a lot, but it's yeah. not. It's, it's not a sexual song. Well, it's a
1: glorious, happy. Yeah. It's, an,
0: it's, it's not even an "I want" song. It's a "Who I am" song.
1: Yeah, totally. I guess it was an Anglican school, and they're mm. just like, "What are you doing?" And <laughs> yeah, I mean, even I got in trouble for singing that. Jingle bells batman smells and stuff. They were they're pretty
0: Yeah, that's a little Yeah. That's that's harsh. Yeah. For a kid. And the whole point of children is that they don't know what they're singing half the time, right? Yeah. I mean
1: why do you, why <laughs> get in trouble? It's better than better to watch that than like violence or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole message is don't dream it, be it, and be yourself and you know.
0: Yeah. I mean it's in retrospect it's kind of remarkable that it's not surprising that something like that would catch on yeah um, I think they used it in Fame right the, oh, in yeah. the movie Fame it, that's, that's the thing that all the art students cling to they all go to see it together oh
1: right yeah Adam. I forgot that, there, that reference is in there yeah
0: and it's just this thing where it's this beacon yeah of oddness like it's queerness before we knew what queer could be totally I
1: and I guess it Probably even Taps and I mean England has always had that tradition of pantomime and the dames and, and drag and, sure. and things like that and um, yeah, but even like the Dr. Scott in his wheelchair at the end has a fishnet stocking on you know and then they're all liberated and yeah yeah, it's amazing. I wonder if Susan Sarandon uh, has rewatched it or is comfortable talking about it. I have a sex scene in my show. About I don't know that
0: it ever comes up.
1: You know. I reference Susan Sarandon. <laughs> I'm worried.
0: But it's in tribute. It's, yeah. not a, it's not a mean moment. No, no. Yeah, Well, <laughs> yeah. We can, I mean, we can talk about the show as well. Sure. It's, yeah. it's um, I mean, I was going to say it's fluid in a similar way, but it really isn't. It's not that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I guess the message might be similar deep down, but, mm. the t- but yeah, tonally. Nothing's like Rocky Horror. <laughs> t- tonally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's... Um, I mean, one of the one of the questions I hit on the podcast is always, is there anything of the film you've chosen that works its way into your own...
1: Definitely in my stand-up, I think, and in the, the message that I try to... Like, I wrote a book for teenagers about sexuality and gender and, and that kind of thing, and I, I tried really hard to, because I think a lot of those things can get are so politicized right now, and those conversations are so heavy, and um, it's so important. Imagine if you were just 13, and you were hearing these debates on TV and how stressed out everyone is about it. It's you got to remember that we're talking about sex, which is supposed to be the most fun thing, and falling in love, and it's a positive, happy thing. So I try to keep it light and write a humorous... I think I wrote about Rocky Horror in it. But, um, yeah, so I think Rocky Horror really... Because it's so joyful. Mm-hmm. There's nothing shameful about it. None of the characters actually have any kind of shame. Yeah. So in that sense, it's, it's influenced me. And then... Yeah, and Feel Good, I think those characters could learn a lot from watching Rocky Horror. I think both, it's a, a love story about two people, and I think both of them grapple with like internalized homophobia and shame. And so, yeah, I wish they'd just watch Rocky Horror. <laughs> That'd be good. Well, you can write it into the second season. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That's true. Disney will even let you have it, apparently. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, um, but it is such a, yeah, it's impossible to talk about it in a negative way or or to get upset about anything in it it just like we're both smiling talking about these moments in the film it's how many movies are there like that that are just pure pleasure
1: i'm trying to think like
0: galaxy quest maybe
1: galaxy quest um hocus pocus for me I, i love i think it's so underrated um I was going to say stand by me, but it's so poignant and and yeah, sad. There's some real heaviness in it. So yeah, just joyful like that. I mean, yeah. And also I'm not a huge musicals fan. Okay. I'm not, I'm not one of those diehard, but I, I love Jesus Christ Superstar and I love Rocky Horror. And and I think I definitely inherited that, inherited it from my dad. He was, he was in, um, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. He played, uh, he, he had one line that, again. Yeah. <laughs> it was this one line. In the film? Yeah, no, uh, in On the stage. stage show. And he got to sing, Good Kai Fest, the council waits for you. And so he used to <laughs> sing that in the house all the time. Um, just the one line. Just the one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which must be still just ringing in his head 40 years later. Was that here in London as well? Yeah, and he toured with that too. And I think that's how he met my mum touring in Toronto. Um, and then she was a waitress in a cocktail bar. Classic.
0: That's also a lyric.
1: And he was yeah yeah, and he was wearing a, an all white suit. And uh, he asked her what, or he went for three weeks to the bar just to try to work up the courage to talk to her. And then he said, uh, um, "Excuse me, I was wondering what." fun things i could do in in toronto while i'm here and she said well you can go to ontario place (laughs) and he said will you go with me so smooth and she did Aww, yeah that's really lovely isn't that nice ontario place too it's closed now
0: yeah yeah well sinister is renovated and back okay that's it and Doug ford is trying to sell it for parts because of course he is
1: of course yeah yeah yeah.
0: it's uh... melt it
1: down and sell it yeah, this is
0: one of those don't get me started
1: moments. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just been—it's uh, a heartbreaker. Um, but yeah, Ontario Place, I—I I used to go there too. as a kid all the time? Mm. And you have, it. I'm sure it wasn't as nice as I remember.
1: I remember it being epic, like the, lo- the log ride and yeah, it was yeah. big
0: and green. The forum was nice. Yeah. I saw, God, I saw Carlin there.
1: Oh really? Yeah.
0: Uh, there, there was um there was a comedy festival in '92 that I helped. I was freelancing for the Star and they sort of threw some stuff at me. Oh, wow. So I got to see George Carlin at the Forum. I got to see Mort Saul. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um
0: he wasn't, he wasn't there. It was somewhere else, a different venue, maybe Massey Hall. But it was just this string of performances and the, the one at Ontario Place turned out to be just fascinating. It's awesome. You well,
1: know. I saw George Carlin. I'm so grateful that I did. I think it must have been... Pretty soon before he died, but I, maybe it was at Massey Hall, or my, my mom got us tickets. And uh, I think I was too young, I hadn't grown up with them, and I was kind of like, Who's this angry guy? Cranky old guy. Now, of yeah. course, I revere him, but at the time I was like, oh, I don't get it. But I saw Seinfeld too when I was tiny. Oh, wow. And that was amazing, yeah. Good. I've Kids saw- in the Hall, actually. Was- remind me of Rocky Horror and their joyfulness. Yeah.
0: Well, when you mentioned the English tradition of drag, the first thing I thought of was, well, Dave Foley looks pretty odd. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah. I, I saw kids in the hall at Massey Hall doing a reunion tour when oh, yeah. I was 13 and, um, so I mean, 2000, 2000, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, they were like rock stars and they were in drag and they were making out and I'm being this kind of queer kid, it just like blew my mind. I became obsessed and, and to see people screaming the punchlines and... Oh, so that was your first... I'd never seen the, the TV show. Oh, wow. My, my mom just got me tickets and oh. they did all their their best of right. show. But from then I went back and watched every episode and I ended up babysitting for Mark McKinney. Um, so it all came full circle. That, that was nice. Oh. And then I met Dave Foley years later doing a gig. But yeah, they're icons.
0: They really are. I think the only one at this point that I haven't met is yeah, uh, Kevin McDonald. Mm. Scott did the podcast. Oh. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Highly oh, recommend right. that episode.
1: That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: it's fascinating because it's it's his like <laughs> the way he pitched it was I really like cruises.
1: Oh. <laughs> I like transatlantic
0: cruises. Can we talk about this? And, Hell yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, and. Is he I,
1: hilarious? I feel like I, I haven't was, been very funny. I've been just very earnest. It's not a comedy show. Okay, this is yeah. about
0: people being people. Okay. No, he was roughly the same. Really, I mean, yeah. he was. He was actually so relaxed in conversation that my dog fell asleep on him, and you can hear him. You can hear Dexter snoring Aww. halfway through the episode, and I always. I had to preface it was like I'm not because it sounds like I'm bored.
1: Yeah, like you He's giving me
0: this long anecdote, and about halfway through, you can hear.
1: <sighs> oh, my God. And it's just me. You
0: know,
1: <sighs> oh but it's my the God. dog
0: sleeping. Um, yeah, I, I... Okay, I'm going to say it. I was at the taping of a couple of their episodes. No way! Yeah, um, my friend Mike Derbecker had gone to see them at the Rivoli enough times that he got himself on the invite list for the first season. Wow. And I was his guest, and it was... I'd never seen them before. Yeah. And it was mind-blowing. Yeah, the, they
1: were so young, and... and brave they and good. So good. And, and, uh, again, like pretty shocking for the time that they, Scott Thompson was a real trailblazer. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were so good. I mean, are so good. All of their tours as well have been, cause you know, you kind of cringe when people reunite, you think, well, please don't. And then, um, they've all been incredible. All their tours. Yeah. I haven't seen them
0: live since, which is weird.
1: Oh, really?
0: Uh, yeah, I, was, I went to a couple of tapings, um, Sketches and the and the pre-tapes. They did um, the video pieces. They had a, yeah. a screening of those to get a real laugh track. Oh, okay. And that was fascinating to see from a production perspective. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've
1: never seen that.
0: Yeah, um, this would have been for the second half of the first season, I guess.
1: Wow. And were they massive at the, right away, or did it was it? Oh, uh, uh, Toronto
0: knew. Like, yeah. Everybody knew who they were from the performances from yeah. the, from the, the rivoli basically. Yeah. And to see them do it on a stage was, initially it was kind of awkward because they, I I don't think they had the blocking down just yet. Yeah. And so every now and then, the, the, the taping I went to, there was a lot of resetting mm. and I think it was just camera stuff, but you could, you could sense a growing frustration and then about an hour into it, it all clicked.
1: Oh, good. Okay. And so you
0: got to watch them transition from stage to TV.
1: Cool. In this
0: space. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of... Babbled about it to Foley when I finally interviewed him like fifteen years later for something else. Yeah, and he said, "Oh, we didn't know what we were
1: doing. Yeah. <laughs> we were just
0: <laughs> we were just kids." It's like, yeah, but you were genius.
1: Yeah, and it's so fresh and and holds up so well.
0: Yeah, I saw the I was at the Buddy Cole taping where they worked in the Sky Gilbert joke, which was like the longest. It was this is for HBO and CBC, and there's a yeah. a joke about a pterodactyl barging into Buddy's. Club. I think uh, I
1: remember that. Yeah, yeah. and the,
0: the 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 biggest laugh in the entire sketch, and it only works in Toronto, and it only worked in 1980, whatever. Yeah, is um, this bird, this pterodactyl, flies in, knocks the drink out of my hand, made fun of Sky's new play, and left.
1: Oh my god, that's and so funny.
0: This is not going to make any sense to
1: anybody. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But it was just such a like. I mean, it's a deep cut now. Yeah. But at the time, like this whole the whole room was in it. We all got is it. it? And then it goes out on the air and I can only imagine what people in ne- Nebraska thought about it.
1: Yeah, I know. I know they had a, an American audience. I wonder if they ever reached over here in England. I'm not think, so sure. I think I'm not so sure. But then people here don't know about SCTV either. That's weird. Which is crazy too. Yeah, me. I mean, yeah.
0: kind of, well, we grew up steeped in it. Yeah. But just the idea that you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: funny.
0: <laughs> um, You have the, um, the elegance of the drag, uh, the drag performance as opposed to drag culture mm. where it's by definition rougher and looser and more... I mean, the thing about Kids in the Hall and, and Python and all of it is that for the most part when a character is in drag... When an actor is in drag, it's an asexual performance, right? It's right. just someone being a woman.
1: Yeah, except for Dave Foley and Scott as the um, sex workers, the French. Oh, side. God, they're that's very right. I forgot sexy. About them. Yeah, and they're just smoking on the street corner. Just... I was
0: thinking about Tony, yeah. right? that's what <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. doing. <laughs>
1: they're very sexy but yeah I know what you mean they're kind of yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it gets like a forced androgyny onto the character because you either have to be the wife or the girlfriend right rarely driving the scene or the secretaries for the kids and all Mm. Um, and that's not what Rocky Horror is about no
1: Rocky
0: Horror is about the celebration of sexual beings yeah regardless
1: and they cover every possible base yeah (laughs) because you've got um, magenta and Little Nell, oh, flirting, great. watching, watching uh, Janet and Rocky, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I, if I had to identify with one character the most, I like sexually, I think okay. I'd want to be Rocky. Kind of a, and I'd want some Frankenfurter in my life. Right. Just to, open um, to everything. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I think I'm probably a brad.
1: Are you? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm square. I right, feel right. you know, like
0: I'm not i not opposed to anything and it's just like, I don't know about that. You
1: need someone to bring you out exactly. You. yeah. I yeah. need
0: an instruction manual. Right. And and perhaps some um what do they call it? It's the thing in the airport and the airplanes—the the lighted path.
1: Oh yes, The, yeah. the path
0: will illuminate, and you will, in the in the event of an emergency, lights <laughs> yeah. will come on. And, and, yeah. and, and, like, navigate your way out.
1: Right, you need those leading to an yeah. orifice. But it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's never uncomfortable. None of the, no, none no. of the, like, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how it came out in 1975 without a lot of protesting and it I know. wasn't as far
1: as I could tell. I don't think so. I think people didn't, I think my dad said that some people just didn't know what to make of it and were just kind of confused. Mm-hmm. But there was an outrage because like, yeah, none of it's mean-spirited or, um, you know, there's no swearing in it, I think. like, Yeah, I don't It's think so. pretty, it's quite tame in a way, but also quite filthy. It's hard to yeah. pin down in its tone.
0: And it doesn't shame the straights. Maybe no. that's why, right? Because Brett yeah. and Janet are allowed to be yeah. wrong-footed but then okay with it, as yeah. opposed to fleeing. I mean, they do. In the end, they're left behind, but they don't flee. Yeah. They just get to stay where they are.
1: That's so true, actually. Yeah, it's not um, a polemic.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, and, and Shock Treatment, similarly, is about the characters being offered choices and yeah, the bad guy is a bad guy, but it's up to Janet to figure that out.
1: Yeah, yeah, you really should take another look at it. I I'm, think I need to rewatch it, especially. Yeah, I mean, I think my dad would like it if I revisited it.
0: These songs have not stopped playing in my head since you really you unlocked something. Oh, I'm so
1: glad. It's
0: they're really good songs.
1: <laughs> I have. Um, a, script of the stage show that belonged to my grandfather when he was playing the narrator, and, and so it's his original script of Rocky oh, Horror, yeah. and he's got this, all his notes in the margins, and uh, I cherish that, for sure. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I want to see that. I Just the, the idea that how can I... It's like a... It's, an art, it's a relic, right? Yeah. Because it's something that I don't believe some part of me can't accept that Rocky Horror was built, like it was yeah. written and scripted and developed and workshopped and rehearsed, it just feels like it's always existed. It
1: feels like it just plopped out of the universe, fully formed. Yeah, yeah. that's so true, actually. Like all great things, like the Beatles or um, Star Wars. or yeah. <laughs> You just can't imagine someone going through early drafts of it. And yeah. and, and so much of that with Rocky Horror, for me, is Tim Curry's performance. I can't, I can't really imagine it as anyone else. I mean, did he originate the role? No. No, oh, really? he was maybe the second person. And my dad said that Sometimes Richard O'Brien would play Frankenfurter and it was a very different performance. Super sinister. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, creepy.
0: I mean, whole—he's built like that. Yeah. It's, it's not yeah. like it's nothing he can help. No. It's, just, it's...
1: his physicality is so yeah. different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and Curry is so effusive and warm, and so warm. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna just.
1: He said he modeled his accent on the Queen, because uh, you know he says heist instead of house, yeah. and you can kind of see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah.
0: that's somebody else's perversion entirely. That's yeah. gonna unlock something else for someone. If
1: you totally, if you. Um,
0: Sorry, not perversion thing. Yeah, if perversion if you, is judgmental.
1: Yeah, what's it? What is it? Like fetish. Fetish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you go on um, YouTube and search Tim Curry interviews from the '70s, he's just so unbelievably cool. And I'm a bit pretentious, but always smoking. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah that's what it is. it's a, it's a shame that he. He was always playing these cult, like it or um, yeah, Clue,
0: right? Yeah, that He
1: should have been a leading now man. Awfully campy. Totally, and if it came out now, I think maybe there'd be more roles where he could be like the leading man. Yeah, I guess.
0: I mean, sure. Now in two thousand twenty, you're gonna have the you have you have not only do you have people, like filmmakers and writers who are like, I want that. I can create. I can harness that. Yeah. But you have an audience that is openly ready for
1: it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean. Rocky Horror was always a midnight sensation because I think it's easier to put in a box that way. Yeah, And you don't have to directly deal with what it's saying about the audience. That like, The fact that there is a demand for this thing, yeah. you can classify it as a single, like what do they call it, a non-repeating phenomenon? Where, right, yes. You know, oh, well, we couldn't do another one of those. Look, Shark Treatment didn't make money, you can't make this happen.
1: Yeah, that's so true. But you totally can't. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And also, yeah. I think Cinephiles love Rocky Horror because there's so many references to old sci-fi movies sure, yeah. and, um, yeah, there's a real love for old Hollywood in there too, like that final sequence in the, uh, in the, yeah.
0: Oh, the big performance. Of, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: the glamour of the, uh, of
1: the olden days. Yeah, it's making me want to rewatch it. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it this afternoon. I have a show tonight. Oh, that means it's working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hope, <laughs> is that what happens? People listen to these and then everybody goes and watches them? I hope so, I hope yeah. So, right? I mean,
0: generally the plan is that if you're flipping through the, the, the stacks, effectively, the, the catalog of the show, you'll see either somebody you're interested in hearing or a movie that you love. Yeah. And so I've always, like, no one ever comes to the show the same way. Everybody has a different root in. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw this person was doing it, so I listened to 20 shows.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Or I really loved, what was it? Um... Um, no, yeah, China What China an China. amazing thing! And it's had like it's gotten some really oh, yeah, of course, it was um, it was the Flamingo Kid.
1: I've never uh, heard of that.
0: No, it's an early Matt Dillon movie with um, uh, Gary Marshall's first, second feature. Um, Matt Dillon, uh, Richard Crenna. Wow, it's um, God, I'm
1: looking at, I'm scrolling through, and a lot of these are this is what happens. I need to listen to, and also a lot of these I haven't heard of. and. Yeah. Okay, planes, trains, and automobiles. This is more... <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, because Rocky Horror is
0: well, pretty mainstream. Yeah. Now it's chronological, so you're seeing okay, the yeah, original yeah, yeah. choices of people. Like Chinatown, we have uh, Benson and Moorhead picked on Most Famous. Yes, okay. Um, oh, I
1: have a lot to say about that.
0: I, yeah? Yeah, well,
1: she's 16. I know. Yeah.
0: It was a thing that they didn't really. I mean, um,
1: okay but you're glamorizing it yeah in yeah. 20 years
0: ago I rewatched too. it and
1: I'd forgotten that and I was like oh huh. yeah. Yeah. there's
0: there's some stuff from the 90s and, and the 2000s that like instantly should have been flagged. yeah it just yeah, yeah. wasn't and the auteur theory allowed for a lot of these things to happen
1: we, we've we evolved so fast too that it was yeah was great but sure. I means... actually
0: I just recorded an episode about um, Paul Haggis's crash this morning oh yeah uh, with um um Marie Clements, uh, also from Toronto. No? Oh, okay. Yeah. Somehow all my all my podcasts are here. Yeah. <laughs> with Canadians, um, and it's the movie. You know, like it's the best picture winner, and it was it was shat on for being a feel good movie about how everyone's connected. But it actually, and she pointed out, it's saying stuff about diversity and, and mm. race relations, especially in present day America, that no one was really talking about, and yeah. now. Kind of, I mean, the filmmaking has dated, but the storylines are still, like, there's a whole plot about a white cop harassing a black couple that he pulls over and humiliating the wife.
1: That scene is so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I want to rewatch that as well. It's, um, yeah,
0: it's got some issues. The direction is very heavy-handed, but it's better. I mean, I've always, I
1: always kind of
0: thought it was better than people gave credit for
1: Another movie I would have chosen is adaptation. I really it's been li- done. Oh, has it? Okay, yeah, so you pick, can feel better I'll just listen to that episode. I love that movie.
0: Picked it. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, this is like this. This. I can't wait to go through them all. I'm based on the week this comes out. You will either be the fifth anniversary episode or the one after. Mm. Um, and it's just been. It's been, it must
1: be like a joy to do. It kind of is. Yeah. I mean, it's again. It's
0: it's like I was saying about that first conversation that that sparked it. You just end up in a place where. People are... Like, I've, I've... It always sounds weird to say it, but I have made friends doing this show. Like Paul, yeah. Paul Lee from Kim's... Okay. And I are... Kim's Convenience oh, and yeah. I are... Like, we're actually friends now. Oh, because he came over and he picked Jaws. It's my favorite movie. Yeah, Jaws is so good. Yeah. That was a great one. He actually... He opened the episode with showing me a... A, a tape of him watching it with his kids. <laughs> and kind of focusing on them during the ben, Gardner, the ben Gardner's boat scene where the head comes out. Yeah. And... It's just the, the episode just share? goes dead silence, and you hear them go, ah! Oh, that's
1: and it's great. Like, that's a dad. That's and it's that's the dead. That's great. It's somebody
0: just showing sharing something, much like, yeah. you know, the Rocky Horror situation with you.
1: I know. I think if I had kids, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd, as soon as they could speak, I'd be shoving them in front of Rocky Horror. It's such a positive message. It really is. It's, um, yeah, I'm so glad you picked it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: My thanks to May Martin, whose excellent TV series Feel Good premieres on Channel 4 in the UK this Wednesday, March 18th, and in the rest of the world on Netflix, Thursday, March 19th. Thanks also to Sally Kent. She knows what she did. You can find May on Twitter at the May Martin, all one word, and you can find the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Blu-ray and DVD from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play, and in Canada, it's streaming on Crave. You can find Shock Treatment on DVD in North America from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment and on Blu-ray in the UK from Arrow. It's wild. Songs totally hold up. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at nowtoronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, s-e-m-cast, and on the web at someoneelsesmovie.com. Our theme song is by the last year. If you like it, or the show in general, please say so. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you've been enjoying us. Every little bit helps, it truly does. And check out the other shows on the Frequency Podcast Network. The Big Story's been doing a whole bunch of stuff on coronavirus, so, you know, if you wanted to be more paranoid or more informed, that's a good place to go. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. Stay inside. Watch movies. See you next week.